your wannabe sustainable consumer and podcast friend Andrea Fox here with another episode of Environmental Sustainable Podcast, The Age of Plastic. Now before we get on with today's guest, just a reminder you can get in touch with me with any comments or guest suggestions or eco life hacks even via my website. There's a contact form there. I am andreafox.co.uk. We are on Instagram, Age of Plastic Podcast. You can contact me there as well. Even if you don't have an Instagram account. And hello, I am Andrea Fox. You can find me on there as well. Also, I'm on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox. Now, if you love your camper van or you've decided to do up the shed, maybe you live in a small space and you want to make the most of it. You're going to love today's guest. We are talking sustainable interiors with Nicole Herridge from Stitcher. That's Stitcher with an A, .co.uk. They're a new company with products and packaging made using sustainable textiles that look after our planet and sea. We are going to talk bamboo. We're going to talk curtains. We're going to talk labels to look for when you are shopping for interiors and how COVID might just have changed our ideas of home, travel and work. So we are obviously still recording remotely, so please do excuse any sound issues. But let's kick off with today's guest, Stitcher. Here is the founder, Nicole, who's based in a lovely part of the UK. So at the moment, I'm based in Cornwall um, in a little place called Falmouth. Um, that has become very popular, even more so um, during these times at the moment where everyone's dying to get some nice sea. Um, but yeah, I'm based down in the south of Cornwall. Amazing. My friend is actually thinking of moving down to Falmouth. Oh, yeah. do it. <laughs> it's a lovely bit <laughs> of the world. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. So let's talk Stitcher. Um, what are your main products and what are they made out of? So the main products of the company at this stage are the curtains. And our curtains, I'm really pleased to say, we've just been able to feature um, a new fabric, which is a bamboo fabric. Um, And I love it because we all know bamboo for bedding. We know bamboo for our T-shirts now. Um, Some of the high street brands are starting to do um, bamboo for for fashion. Um, But you don't often hear bamboo for curtains. And bamboo has amazing um, properties to them. Um, I just did a post actually this morning onto our Stitcher Instagram page. Um, and it was basically saying about the properties of bamboo and, and how they're hypoallergenic and loads of features. And of course, they're natural as well. And that is the main goal with Stitcher is to make our fabrics as much as possible and where it's safe to do so um, as sustainable as possible. Mm. So what's what comes into that? I mean, bamboo is great. I think it, it grows really quickly. It doesn't need a lot of water, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but what sort of got you into sustainability? Why did you decide to create Stitcher and why did you decide to go for interiors? So initially Stitcher started where um, I was creating um, cushions um, and cushion covers and artwork with the stitched element which is free machine embroidery, which is basically where you stitch like you're drawing. Okay. And you use the machine to draw. So your your machine, instead of being able to go up and down when you're doing clothes, you can just move freely and you can create artwork. So that's how it started. Wow. Um, I, can't, I can't sew on a button. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because um, I always try to encourage people to give it a go because everything I do is completely self-taught. I did go to university and study textiles in the end. So it's all self-taught. So I like to encourage people that they can do anything. But um, it progressed towards um, lampshades after that. And these are just all, um, I guess you could call luck encounters or encounters where I just went for it. So I had a lady who approached me who was a small independent designer 
and asked if I could create that artwork but on lampshades. Um, and then it started pro to progress where I um, worked with uh, the Princess Trust and I started to narrow down what I really wanted to do with the company and that was where Tiny Spaces came into it and that was where Van Life came into it and shipping container homes and all those different types of spaces that you can live in on a smaller scale and then the sustainability started to come in naturally just because for me it's a, a passion in terms of my own clothes. But then when I'm starting to think about my own home space, I then want to bring that into it. And I was really aware that for a start, it was really hard to find, for example, with our main product, curtains that people can get to size for their spaces. Even if people are renovating a larger home, their windows aren't always going to be your generic size windows. Um, and I think it's just it's so important to have that sustainable factor. There are already so many elements that, we saw, for example, during the pandemic recently, where we realised actually by us not doing a lot of things, we were able to look after our planet. And then subsequently, obviously, where we then went back, some of us then went backwards in that. But with the whole sustainability, I think it is just important with our, our goal of looking after our land and sea. And it's our way of doing our bit and letting people just think a little bit different of thinking of those things of, they might say yes to buying that cotton t-shirt, but you could also say yes to buying something that's for your home that also will last just as long. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like there's so many things I want to get in, into on that comment because obviously the tiny spaces thing, maybe we should start with that because uh, is it like, did it come from your love of travel that you were just like, because you've got a little travel van, is that right? Yeah, so at the moment we are um, doing up a show home um, for Stitcher. So it is a travel van, but it's also going to be a show home so that I can take it to events. So for example, like events like working campers, and we've been asked to a lot of, of events. And it's just really nice to be able to have a space where people can see what those products will look like. And it's all done in a Scandi and Nordic style as well. Um, so we're about halfway through that, which is very exciting. But wow. that love of tiny spaces, um, I remember being in Australia a few years back from my travelling, and I remember seeing this converted um, horse box, and it was a lady's business, mm. and because I travelled all over, I then saw a um, converted bus, and that was a cafe, and there were all these spaces there. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this is so <laughs> different, and it's great to see how people are using these spaces. Um, and then that love for it just continued in my personal life. For me, I don't want to get that generic house and mortgage, which I completely understand why people um, need to do. Um, but for me, my passion is that if I can somehow get around it or start off small with that and mm -hmm. then build my own space or find land and build a smaller space on there or a little cabin, that is much more preferred for me. It's very big in America at the moment where they build tiny house villages. Um, it is starting to get more known um, in the UK. And I know, for example, in Scotland and a little bit yes. in Cornwall, they are starting to sort of find ways around that. But yeah, it's just, and things like, um, things like George's Amazing Spaces on TV or Ben Fogel's New Lives in the Wild where he goes and visits these really unusual spaces they just all sort of fuel that love and passion for those tiny spaces yeah and I work in tv and I'm sure that I introduced a show before that was like tiny homes or something and it is like you mentioned ah. that all about the American like small homes and I think 
for lots of people who are maybe living in small spaces during COVID-19 um, in big cities where there are lots of things going on, I think a lot of people are rethinking like, well, you know, where can I live that I would be happier if now all of a sudden I'm able to work remotely if they're lucky enough to do that and if they're living in cities where you know there's normally loads of things going on but those things can't happen right now you know rents are I'm talking to you from London rents are really high here and we even have like quite a big flat like we've got quite a big flat because we were like well we have loads of people to stay have loads of family over none of that's been happening so I was saying to my husband literally last night like it feels like we've got way too much space than we need and we've also bought a car and as soon as I was out in the car first first car we've ever had I'm like I just want to drive to Portugal I don't know where it it came from but I was like I just want to go I just want to see the sea that freedom to just go yeah so do you think that more people are sort of having these conversations do you think in the spaces and you're you getting like more people interested in like well maybe I should just pack up and live in a van live in a live in a you mentioned um sea containers as well there's a whole I went past the hotel who we've had on the podcast before at Stowaway which is a whole hotel made out of sea containers and they're so yeah. luxury it's amazing. I, I've really noticed during this year that whole aspect of thinking smaller mm. and thinking about the interiors of the spaces so much more. And even on our um, Stitcher page, I've really noticed people complimenting and sending messages saying, we really love your ethos and what you're trying to do with home spaces, but for tiny spaces. And, and um, mm. a lot of people have said how much they've struggled to find, for example, our main uh, product with the curtains. And I know that people have then said, oh, can you do mm. cushions and blankets? And these are all extra things that we're, we're working um, behind the scenes on as well in the same style. So it is really exciting. And I really think people are starting to sort of re sort of value what they want in life. And I know um, some friends who they used to live in a house and they mm. sold it and they bought a, a small apartment. And they did that because they go traveling a lot in their van for their little holidays. And a lot of the time it is just perhaps um, in England or they might reach France, but they don't go really, really far. But they realise by having that time in those smaller spaces, they didn't need all the space that they have and it became wasted space. So they sort of, for them, it worked really well to have a smaller flat and then have perhaps the extra income for either later on in life for their own adventures or just for now and sort of living in the now which is I think is really special and I think a lot of people with everything that's gone on I think a lot of people Mm. are really starting to get into that and I think before because it was so more well known in um, other countries I think it is it's almost like we're behind on it but I think it is starting to creep forwards now and especially with the help of sort of when I say about the TV programs with New Lives in the Wild and George's Amazing Spaces it's becoming mainstream because of those programs I think. Mm. Yeah completely and you're, you're so right because I mean even in Europe lots of people rent they don't necessarily own but it seems like a very British thing that everyone's been striving to get the job to pay the mortgage. Yeah. You know, even now, like, I'm a freelancer, so I'm always like, well, work's not guaranteed, and you just have to be okay with that. But lots of people 
who have been on furlough and maybe looking at losing their jobs. This, I, I think there's a lot of like rethinking, like you say, of well, what do I really want from my life if I don't necessarily to, need to be in this place or this job isn't necessarily going to be a job for life because they don't really exist anymore or the housing ladder is just not something that's available to me. And I think it's like important questions to have because I think this idea of like, well, everyone's got to own a home and everyone's got to live in a certain way comes from like an idea of like, privilege and maybe like chasing something that really doesn't make people happy like like you say I would my friends have uh, got a van and they have just they've been sending pictures of their holiday they made it to Bordeaux and they just took a tent they've just been camping out and they love wild swimming yeah just swimming just swimming to them (laughs) Uh, and yeah they just keep sending like little pictures of their campfires swimming in lakes like going for hikes and I am so jealous and it's not a holiday that I would ever have considered I think uh, before this year yeah it's just, um, I think it's really interesting how people are kind of rethinking all of this stuff. And like you say, when it comes to sustainability, you also um, not only like source these materials sustainably, but um, you do quite small short runs. And I suppose is that like necessity as a small company? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of both. So part of it is because of um, being a small company and we've just reached into our first year of the rebrand of Sipsha. But um I know the other part of it is that sustainability factor of it. It's so important to not just go and get loads and loads of curtains done or loads of new cushions done and then they just sit there. And, I mean, the end of result is that they do sell, but there isn't any reason to be purchasing that many products all in one go. And then the other aspect of it, I guess, with the um, sustainability side is that for our company we really think about all the different factors of it so the printers that we use um, are a small company and the sewer is a small company and whilst I used to do all all of the sewing aspect of it I sort of haven't been able to let go of the free machine embroidered side of it with the limited collection but all of the sort of general sewing we've outsourced but we've been really selective of choosing either independent companies or small companies and that's a really important factor for myself as the founder because I want to support those small companies and independents but also I feel like I'm supporting myself because if there's someone out there who's in the same position as me I'm supporting them and supporting myself so that's the way I look at it and I think that's really important to help those small brands out there um, and independence. Yeah, I completely agree. Anything that I've got new, really, in lockdown, um, I've been thinking about, you know, smaller producers, you know, even when it comes to, like, supermarket shopping, if I can. I know it's not available to yeah, everyone, but, yeah. for, you know, people going, oh, I'm getting so many Amazon orders. I'm yeah. like, you can find that stuff and not use Amazon. Yeah. Like, use an independent. Um, but, yeah, I suppose everyone's got, you know, depending on where you live, that can be quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned like thinking about everything there and you even thought about it down to the down to the gift cards is that right yeah that's right so um I wanted to um start producing gift cards and I was trying to think of a way around it and I, I thought well you can get all sorts of types of gift cards sometimes they're these plastic cards that you throw away or have a barcode on and I decided to get them printed but onto seeded paper so once you've used your gift card you put the um, gift card into water and you soak it and then you pot it up like you would a seedling or a plant and then it starts to grow into wildflowers. 
And I've also got the option to grow herbs as well from them. So I might choose herbs on the next one for the kitchen element of tiny spaces. Having something that that is a little bit different when you give a gift as a gift card, you've got an extra gift with it and something that will last as well, as long as you can keep your plant alive. <laughs> but something that will last. And I think that's I think that's really nice. It's a nice touch, especially yeah. when you're receiving a gift. I, you're talking to a woman who has like 30 house plants and is currently growing tomatoes. <laughs> so this is like, this is music to my ears, Nicole. <laughs> um, it's funny, isn't it? Like going back to interiors and like using natural materials. I don't know if you saw it, but um, there was a TV show. I think it was Hugh Fernley Whittingstall and Anita Rani's one, War on Plastic. And they did sort of a test to see how much microplastic there was in this house. And this couple felt that it was literally in every room. And this couple were really shocked. And I was like how well polyester carpets polyester clothes polyester bedding you know yeah. polyester in the kitchen yeah. plastic in the kitchen like I just found it really weird that people were shocked by that and you know obviously microplastic in the ocean we know is not doing any good so yeah yeah it's probably not the best thing to be having around homes right yeah that's it and I think it's funny because I think people get so used to it just being readily available that people don't know or aren't always aware of it um again like you say going back to tv shows it's starting to make people aware of it people don't realize for example what a plastic bag does when you put it in the bin and what happens out there afterwards and, and it's only by these things that people are, are start to become aware of so yeah it is interesting and polyester is a funny one because it does have as a home and interiors, it does have properties that make it easier for interiors. Our next goal is to make sure that our blackout fabric can be more non-polyester because we always believe in being transparent. And that's the only fabric that is at the moment because, for example, with flame retardancy and blackout, yeah. you have to be in keeping with the health and safety regulations. So it does make it hard, but everything else, we just, we're so proud to be being able to accomplish it within the first year. And polyester isn't a nice fabric. It doesn't really feel it that It makes you nice. very sweaty and in 32 degree heat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whereas the bamboo will keep you cool in the summer and it will keep you warm in the winter. And it just works either, even within a space. It's going to insulate it when you need it insulated and not make you bake like polyester would and when you don't need to so so yeah I think people just aren't always aware um, and which is probably why a lot of um, home brands like myself um, have to really reach out and let people know how great these properties are and and the ethos of the brands and um, just because people actually aren't always aware of it I think. yeah and I think we're thinking about it a lot more when it comes to fashion I think or at least like yeah. the conversations I'm having but I think interiors is that next stage right would you agree yeah 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 totally I really agree with that I think it's sort of it's coming and it's just starting um, but it's very much at the start of it whereas fashion is very much on the forefront of people's minds in terms of sustainability and when they're choosing things and that's because some of the high street brands have tried to do it and and so that's where I think it's becoming more well known but yeah definitely um, I think it's only just starting with with home design brands yeah and talking of high street brands there what do you think I mean obviously lots of the fashion brands the big ones have some kind of homeware section um I think we're all quite aware like in sort of 
the world of sustainability of the phrase of greenwashing. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I really wanted to say it just a second ago. I was like, oh, <laughs> shall I say? <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. Nicole, let's get into it. Um, yeah, because, I, I mean, do you feel like there's the same level of greenwashing or do you think maybe that could come with interiors as they start to sort of go, hmm, sustainability is a thing. How do we work with this? Do you see any of that? I think it does happen with the sort of big high street brands because even with their fashion items not all of the fashion items are sustainable it's a really tricky one because sometimes people can say um with any brand whether small or big they can say Mm. oh you're not actually really sustainable and then there's that pressure that you feel like you need to be 100% sustainable and it's like for example the transparency of our brand we know at this stage fire retardancy we can't make sustainable that is efficient for the health and safety regulations so I think that there is that pressure but then at the same time I think with the high street brands who are bigger brands I feel like they have the resources to be able to think more effectively um I know some of them are are starting to try and do things like um for example when you go back to bamboo some of them are trying to do bamboo tableware and things like that but then as long as it says that it's sourced correctly or it's certified or it's a wooden item that has the correct certification then it is okay but you always want to know that it has that on there otherwise you don't really know where that bamboo has come from you want to make sure that it has been made correctly for example with our organic cotton it always has GOTS certification which or Ocotex certification as well which basically means that no harmful chemicals have been used in the making process or it has also gone through procedures to make sure that the fabric has been made in an environment that is safe for the workers as well so I think sometimes um, I know that there are a lot of Mm. bigger brands out there that do have that on there for example with wooden items say like FSC um, which is where the wood is certified and safe but yeah it it is a it's a funny one I think um there was a brand recent that I didn't realise and I learnt about and and I just thought it was a fashion brand and I know that they're trying to be sustainable. But then at the same time, I think, oh, I'm not really sure about the quantity of yeah. how you're producing these items. And people then question how cheap they then mm. go in the sale, um, which then makes it harder for brands like myself because we have a valid reason why we can't go that cheap in sales of things mm-hmm. and and we can't always do a sale either. And I yeah. think that then sort of misjudges the whole aspect of the sustainability in that respect when they're doing that sort of element to it. Um, obviously, they have the scope to be able to purchase more to meet their demand of their customers that are already there. But when so many items are then going in the sale, it makes you question if they're not quite purchasing their orders correctly it's that's so interesting the whole sale thing is something i hadn't even thought of because it's weird isn't it when you see you know oh well this this part of our shop is sustainable whether it's fashion or interiors or anything and i think it was aja barber or there's loads of people in sustainable fashion who point out well then the rest of it must not be sustainable but I just it's just hard like why not just be on like you are quite able to be honest like here's the issue with flame retardancy um and just be honest and open about like this is this is a journey rather than I think the marketing just takes over 
in a way that's just so disingenuous yeah, like oh here's a little sustainable line it's like well let's have an honest conversation about yeah. how much stuff you make you know yeah exactly and I think you have to be honest as well because otherwise people can't believe in your brand they don't mm-hmm. know what they're buying yeah. and as it sort of changes we sort of have to make sure I go onto the website and sort of adapt the descriptions on there to make sure they're up to date and things like that and I just think it's really important and I think rightly or wrongly I'm a true believer that sometimes not all but sometimes bigger brands can lose their ethos and the goal that they had perhaps when they first started I think that can get lost mm, sometimes yeah so yeah and you are right there are many home items out there that are not sustainable right now um, which is why I'm so passionate about um, Stitcher as a brand um, and all the new things that are to come product wise with it as well amazing yeah so can you tell us about any of the sort of new thing well first off where do you source your material and what sort of things have you got like in the pipeline that you that you're working on that you can share with us yeah yeah of course so I've just started working um with a company that is actually based in Latvia initially we tried to really keep everything in the UK and our main goal was to make sure everything is sustainable in terms of the fabrics that's used to make sure the printers use even water-based inks is a really important factor for us. I know some people sort of say, oh, why aren't you just staying in the UK or why are you going overseas and things like that? But we've opened up our shipping to be worldwide. So once we did that, we realised we don't have to stay in the UK in terms of the people that we use and support mm. as long as they are the right kind of people. Um, whereas before, when we were based in the, only in the UK, we felt like there wasn't any need to having a company Mm. outside of the UK to then have it shipped to the UK or further and vice versa whereas this way it's sort of a a middle Mm. ground point that can get to everyone in a a sort of better radius a bit like drawing a circle on a map the radius of our our customers so the fabric is sourced with partnership of the printers that we use and it's really lovely because (laughs) We know that the fabric they use has the Ocotech certification that we mentioned about. And that is so important for us just to know that no harmful chemicals have been mm-hmm. used in the, the process of making that fabric. And so the new things, oh, it's so exciting. So the new products, we're looking at uh, making blankets. And yeah. there are two companies that we're in talks with. So we've got to sort of uh, whittle it down and sadly choose one of them. Both of them wow. use recycled plastic, but in different ways. This is so good because, you know, we're all told to recycle and then we know that so little is used. Like, start, stop making new polyester and use, you know, recycled yeah, plastic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if I can find a way to find that material for, for curtains as well, then it's fantastic. I know at the very start I looked into it and um, for me to make it happen, I had to create the wow. fabric. The fabric didn't exist at the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but then also we're looking into, um, we've done all the designs to complement the curtains to have matching square cushions and also pillowcases for bedding as well. We noticed we, we were going to do um, duvet covers and, and sheets and things like that. And we noticed that there is a good strong market for bamboo bedding or organic certified cotton bedding out there um, in terms of the duvets. But the pillows, we just felt they were a good touch to add that complemented the style and interiors and colorways of the products because our next collection, we're introducing Scandinavian colors, um, which I'm so excited about because 
although the monochrome collection, the black and white collection that we started with is really popular and people love that collection. Um, it is really nice to add just those neutral colours that can make a space just feel really comfortable and fresh and sometimes people want a little bit of colour or sometimes for example someone might want a white and black monochrome design but they might want a plain coloured design as well opposite so they can just all sort of intertwine and complement each other so those are the main new products with the blankets and the um, pillowcases and we're also looking into creating I don't know if you've seen them they've become really popular the um the like netted shopping bags oh the yeah, yeah. Shopping bags. so we we've seen them loads and and again you can you can buy them so cheap it's scary how cheap you can buy them for mm. um and we are looking at creating them but with hemp Oh, wow, which is another great material like yeah, bamboo, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, the idea of creating those is that, yes, they can be used as a, a shopper bag, but also you can put them in spaces to have as a fruit bag as well. So it's like a fruit bowl, and you can hook it either as it is with the two handles, or you can make what I call a hammock with them, and you can hook either side, and then you put your fruit in the middle. Like a little macrame thing that yeah. you might put like a, like a plant in. Love it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you can even pop your plants in. <laughs> Perfect for a little space as well, Nicole. Yeah, exactly. It's all about <laughs> thinking about those space savers. And for example, with the, the van conversion that we're doing for the showroom, it's finding ways that makes a space, which is where our interiors come in, that makes that space feel luxurious, but also fresh and comfortable. And that's what's important. I think people sometimes get scared if they're in a smaller space or or they might have a smaller room in their house and they think, how do I make this not look dark and sort of dingy? And and this is why we choose all these particular colours and fabrics. And you can feel that. And you can see it in our photography as well that we had done um, by a great friend of ours, Avery Johnston Stylist. She did the photography and she really encapsulates um, what we have in our products and how those products make you feel as well. Yeah, because no one's moving into a tiny home or, you know, a tiny van, if it feels dark and dingy, are they? Yeah, exactly. No one deserves to live like that. (laughs) No, you don't want to feel like living in a little black hole. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to bring up the C word, COVID-19. How has it affected you, the business, and obviously being a bit of a travel fan, are your travel plans in the little van? Yeah, um, so travel-wise, I guess we were lucky because the van was bought at the start of the year and then unfortunately um, COVID-19 happened but we knew we had such a huge amount of conversion to do on it so time-wise it has given us the time to really do that which has been a blessing really. Yeah really big, big project because the van is um, a BT workshop how they used to go around what? and they used to have mobile when they're, workshops. When they're fixing, so it's, it's huge. fixing your, um, yeah. your internet by the boxes at the side of the road. Yeah, that's it. Mad. So that's what, that, how they used to do it. So it's really big and I'm only like five foot two or three. Oh. So it's really funny. So, so in a way that helped. Um, In terms of a business, at first it was hard financially because you felt like you came to a stop because you couldn't go and continue yeah. with the ideas that you wanted. From that, there were opportunities that came out of it, which we were really lucky um, for and really grateful for, um, because a lot of people out there then started to sort of have the time to think about other ways 
um, of helping businesses or or even just collaborating or speaking with businesses or even, for example, ambassadors as well. They had the time to chat because they weren't always on the, the move and things. So so that helped. So I guess that's the positive to it. I know that, mm. unfortunately, it has had a negative effect in, in terms of financially for companies. Um, I guess because I'm at a startup or only just gone mm. through its first year, I guess it's in the stage where because we're on a journey, we sort of, obviously we need orders and, and every company, it's like the just a card scheme. If everyone buys just a card, then that company can keep going. Um, and I'm a true believer of that. So I think that aspect is hard, but I think all the other elements that has come about have been positive things mm. and that time to be able to focus and, and and sort of think ahead as well, which you always have to do, but just having that time has been really precious. Travel-wise, I am... I'm, I'm always thinking about the next travel spot and oh, I'm just I'm always like that and and it's interesting because I think having COVID-19 I think you touched on yeah. it before it's made people reflect on <laughs> what they want and what they want to do and I think um, as a company I think it's really important especially when the showroom's Same. done to be able to show that to different places in different areas and if there's an event on um, or market you can show those products to people I mean at the moment it's okay because the conversion's not done but if the conversion was done it would be really gutting because you could just yeah. go and go and do that but I know that in time that will all happen um, and it will all happen um, in a safe way that's that's the right timing but yeah I'm always thinking about the next adventure I've done um I just put up on the blog actually um I haven't posted it yet but I've just popped up onto the blog um about a a lockdown project that I did during those times some people struggled with mm. thinking of things to do to keep them occupied so I set up um what I called lockdown projects and they were either based on adventure or Nordic or Scandinavian themes so some of them was um cooking a Nordic um apple cake and then other ones, for example, today's one was about creating adventure maps. And the adventure maps are where you map out the area or continent that you've either been to or want to go and visit again um, or haven't visited yet. For example, if it's a space uh, place that you've yeah, been to true. before, it is about mapping out that memory. If it's a, a place that you really you want to go to. Um, so, for example, um, once our van's done, we really want to go to Scotland as our first big trip. To know that we can nice. do that distance. That's quite far but from Falmouth. Hoping... <laughs> exactly. Um, but then for knowing that, then for next year, we'd like to go to Norway um, with the Midnight Sun, um, which is very in keeping with the brand. And so it's about sort of mapping out those adventures and keeping them there and not forgetting them. But yeah, I'm always thinking about the next place to visit. And there's some amazing tiny spaces out there that you can stay in. And building up those networks of people, it's just, it is so special because they, they it sounds really cheesy, but they, they share the same sort of ideals and love and passion that you love. Like right now, my face lights up when I think of, like there's a space in Devon um, that has a, a tree house. It's in the woods, but it has this, it's like, um it's the best way to describe it is a tree house that is done on a really luxurious level. Um, because you have a you have this bridge that goes to the door of the treehouse, um, and it's all suspended in the trees. And on the outside of it, there's a heated shower and a copper bath. 
and then these big open windows. Oh, it's just, it's beautiful. And there's spaces like that all over the world. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're the sort of things that make me go, oh, I really want to go see this place and this place. And, and then you're always networking always networking um so nicole we always ask our guests two very important questions because like you mentioned at the moment there's no alternative for fire retardant polyester for you and your designs we're lovers not haters plastic is an item that's not going away we're just using it incorrectly disposing of it incorrectly so is there a plastic item in your life that you couldn't do without i I imagine maybe it might be the fire resistant polyester. i guess yeah i guess at the moment it is the fire resistant polyester um We've got round it by providing the option of fire retardant fabric. You don't have to choose the fire retardancy option. Originally, we felt that we had to only provide a fire retardant fabric. Um, but we've been able to get round that um, safely. And we've been able to be really clear with that on the, on the website. And I think at this stage, we have to have a fire retardant option on there. And that is the only thing that we can't live without at the moment, especially as a brand. But I can't wait to keep researching to find a way around that. And I know that it is possible. It's just because it's not so well known, it's finding a way around it that is safe and efficient and viable yeah, as well. I love that. Uh, we've chatted to um, Luxtra, who make uh, leather bags out of uh, Pinatex and loads of other like Apple, Mango, all the, all this stuff. It's really amazing, isn't it? Um, Nicole, I just wanted to finish on one final question then. Your environmental hero, please. I would say um, I have a huge love for sea turtles and it pains me when I have a plastic bag and when we were doing um, the shopping deliveries and at first they just stopped this weekend, we noticed. All this shopping was coming in plastic bags and I got to the point where I refused to put it in the bin. So I have a bag full of plastic bags under my wardrobe. But I would say, at this stage, I would say of all the people out there who do the um, the protecting for the sea turtles and any sort of land or ocean plastic where they're just really working hard to make that better. I think they're so inspiring and, and they're really trying to push things forward. The lovely Nicole Herridge from Stitcher there. If you're going to shop, shop small if you can. Check out Nicole and Stitcher. They've got a lovely blog on their website as well. Stitcher with an A Also, at the end of this series, I'm going to do a little best of with some clips that didn't make it into the full episodes. That includes Nicole talking about the podcast that she's starting. Just in case she's listening to this and thinking, I edited it out because I don't want the competition. And so make sure you head to their website and follow Stitcher Co. on the socials to find out more. Okay, on to today's eco life hack. According to a United Nations report, 50 million tonnes of electrical and electronic goods are thrown away globally each year. The material alone is worth over £48 billion, three times more than the annual output of the world's silver mines, in case you were wondering. Uh, Now, this report's from January this year. The Telegraph reported around then that it amounts to about £127 per household. Now, we did start with bamboo. on today's episode and I'm going to continue with it. What the hell? Um, I've discovered that you can get yourself a keyboard made out of bamboo. Keyboard and mouse available at ecoearthmarket.com It's about £79 if you're thinking of replacing yours, if yours is just broken. There are more expensive keyboards and mouse out there. There's cheaper ones out there. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to see that bamboo was now being used in electricals. 
I'll link to all of those in the show notes. And as always, thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed today's episode, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Next time, I'm going to be chatting to the founder of new clothes sharing and swapping app, New, Ashling Byrne, all about sustainable fashion. I'll see you next week on the A to Plastic podcast. Thank you.